Welcome into an all-star weekend edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and we got a fantastic question for our mailbag, Alex. It was so good, we decided to turn it into a full episode. Yes, since the Knicks only have all-star Saturday night to look forward to this year with Obi Toppin in the dunk contest, we decided to run with this question and make a whole episode about it. We got asked to make our all-time Knicks all-star Saturday night lineups for all of the events. So we are going to be making our own dunk contest, three-point contest, and skills challenge. And if we have time, maybe a celebrity game real quick at the end uh, where we are going to <laughs> craft our own narrative and fabricated story about what happens to all these things. So it's going to be a great time. Check it out next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we are now available on all platforms, including, you know this if you've been seeing our smiling faces of late and the smiling faces of all the great guests we've had on, on YouTube. So please go check us out there. And we have a very special episode for you guys today. We asked for a mailbag after the Knicks latest uh, torturous loss to the Brooklyn Nets. We got a bunch of good questions, but one stood out above the rest from our good friend Ignacio at Ignacio Low Brigat. Shout out to Ignacio. I feel like he deserves like a producer credit for our show because he always asks amazing questions that end up being at least a segment. This time, we're going to make it a full show. He said, we need to take our mind off this past week. So we're going to try a fun one. Nick's themed All-Star Weekend. Who makes the field for the three-point contest, dunk contest, and skills challenge? And who do you go with to win each one? Assume players mentioned are in their prime slash hit their ceiling. So Alex, we are doing just that. And we're going to start off with the biggest event of them all, the dunk contest. Yeah, and so we we laboriously set up a a field here, though it wasn't really that hard because the Knicks have actually had a number of guys in the dunk contest. So we kind of just went with the guys that have already been in the dunk contest. That said, uh, we went with Obi. Well, we left off James Flight White for obvious reasons because he stunk. Um, but we went with Obi Toppin, Nate Robinson, of course, a three-time dunk contest champion, Kenny Skywalker. And John Starks. And uh, so, Gavin, I will throw it to you to introduce uh, introduce Obi Toppin's round one, which I think went pretty darn good, according to uh, what went on in our minds here. Yeah, so Obi's one of the few of these that does not go off track. He, he comes out, he's motivated from what was a somewhat unfair, controversial loss a year ago, and he blows the roof off, starts off the night, a between-the-legs lob finish from Emmanuel quickly uh, that really gets the crowd going. People love it when you bring your point guard into play. Those two obviously have incredible chemistry. 
And then he he keeps it kind of simple with the second one, right? Doesn't need to go too crazy. Wants to wants to save something in the bag for the final round that that feels as if it's inevitable he's going to advance to. So Alex, you, you've talked a lot about his uh, his pull down and and push in dunks this year. There's probably a better name for that. It's like a double pump, but like he like kind of brings it all the way down. He does a reverse version of that. Maybe maybe a little lob off the backboard to get into it. I don't know. Uh, Obi's Obi's going to be pretty creative, and he gets a 97 in the first round to all but seal a spot in round two, which leads us into Nate Robinson, who got off to a good start, Alex, but that it, it takes a turn in, in his second dunk. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so Nate Robinson in his first dunk, it's uh, it, it, he, you know, famously Nate jumped over uh, Dwight Howard one time. Uh, he's famously, uh, you know, done all these all these high flying antics. He he once blocked Yao Ming in a game, which became like viral before viral was a thing. Uh, you know, so he's got he's shown off the hops and the athleticism plenty of times. So he calls on one of the most famously infamous former Knicks, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, to uh, help him with his first dunk, and sets up Porzingis, you know, around the around the uh, restricted area circle with his face facing forward so that he can see this as it happens. And Nate's Wait, you know, I, quick, quick question, Alex Does Porzingis yes. have a wizard hat on to make the dunk even harder. Uh, yeah. He's got a wizard hat on um, like a, like sorcerer Mickey style. Um, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and his wizards Jersey actually, no, he's wearing his Dallas Jersey just so the Knicks fans can be reminded that he's not a Nick. Um, <laughs> and maybe he's, yeah, he's wearing the wizards hat to remind you that he got traded from Dallas because they thought that his contract was that terrible that they gave him after trading for him from the Knicks, by the way. Uh, but so then Nate is presumably going to jump over Kristaps Porzingis. Pretty impressive because Porzingis is seven foot three. Uh, but Nate, you know, jumps up and sort of botches it a little bit. Um, brings on some shades of uh, Vince Carter on Frederick Weiss or uh, just what you might call a BOFA. Uh, you know, gets <laughs> what you also might call if you're in the video gaming community, a tea bag. Uh, you know, he jumps up and, and his crotchal region ends up right on Porzingis's face as he flushes the dunk. And yet the Knicks uh, favorable judges that are here actually lose their minds and give it an instant 50 uh, as Nate just threw it down with the anger of a fan base scorned uh, that somehow was pumping through his, through his veins and uh, you know, gently rested his, his crotch on Porzingis's face while dunking the ball through the, the hoop. So that got him an easy 50. However, things take a turn on his second dunk. Uh, he, <laughs> calling back to, I forget which one of his appearances this was his second or third where there was a rule that you would get as many attempts as you possibly needed to finish your dunk with no time limit and no, or no, it's a time limit, but no attempt limit. Uh, he takes 32 attempts to, uh, to get off his second dunk. Um, finally hits a behind the back dunk with a toss off the side of the backboard, which was really impressive. But unfortunately one of the judges fell asleep uh, during the attempt. So they never saw the final product. And that ends with, Nate losing some points on that. So he gets an 87, which puts his status at tenuous at best going into uh, a couple of the final performances here, Gavin, including yeah. John Starks in the next one. Yeah. So John Starks, a, a fantastic opportunity to advance to the final round. He tried to get Michael Jordan 
uh, to replicate his famous dunk against the Bulls. Uh, MJ was unfortunately unavailable. He had a cigar smoking contest that weekend. So he got Michael is Jordan. The, is, that, is that in the underground, the, the black market all-star weekend games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like two blocks away. Um, After his poker game. <laughs> yeah, so he got his uh, two sons, uh, Marcus and Jeffrey Jordan, um, to come in. And he dunked over both of them. Um, and it was, it was, it was, he, he did okay. He got like a, like a 40 out of 50. Um, but just, just not quite the same field because, uh, neither of them played in the NBA. Um, but then for his next one, he says, all right, you got Chris Stapps. I'm going to bring out perhaps the greatest international big man of all time in Hakeem Olajuwon and top that effort tries to dunk on Hakeem, but Hakeem in, in a spit in, in, in a, excuse me, in a moment of competitive fury says, I'm not going to let that happen. Deny Starks at the summit, flashbacks to the finals. And unfortunately for John Starks, he only finishes round one with a 63. Yeah, truly the game seven of dunk contest performances by John Starks there. Really unfortunate to see blocked once again by Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm sorry for anyone that we triggered that that's a terrible memory for. Uh, And then finally, we get Kenny Skywalker brings out the classics. He plays the hits. Uh, his signature double clutch 360 and a spinning one-handed windmill. He gets to the final round, playing that nostalgia factor. We see that win so often in the dunk contest. In this case, it's the guy actually doing his own dunks, which is pretty cool. Uh, and since this is a version of, of Kenny Walker in his prime, you know, he's young and spry. It's not current, like, 50-year-old Kenny Walker trying to do this. So it goes great. He gets a 93. And we get our final round set up of Obi Toppin versus Kenny Skywalker, Gavin. So we mentioned that Obi, he he played things down in the opening rounds. Right? He, he said, you know what, last year, like I I like I, I didn't even get to get to my best stuff. Let me let me pull it out right now. Um and he's been he's been saving this for two years. He goes with the Star Wars theme off the Obi name, and instead of just wearing a Jedi costume, decides to take it a little darker, comes out in a full Darth Vader outfit with the goal being to fly in with the cape from the free throw line, helmet on, he can barely see, he has all these breathing tubes hooked up, he's making weird noises, it's really, really tough for him. He gets there, he actually gets enough air to do it, but at the last second, Tom Thibodeau comes sprinting out of the crowd and says, no, you didn't do enough on defense, tackles Obi Toppin and says, hey, Julius, get out here, finish this dunk. Julius, unfortunately, misunderstanding the premise of the competition, takes a fadeaway double pump elbow jumper that clangs off the side of the rim because he, he was too tired. He was, he was running around uh, all before the dunk contest started. Um, and Kenny Skywalker, just, just a simple windmill uh, to win it, knowing that he didn't have to do all that much. Yeah, the real shame. Crying yeah. shame to Sad. see Obi Sad. go down like that. You know, he he went down as he came in, completely and totally neutered by Tibbs, unfortunately. Gavin, I will say, though, for the real-life dunk contest, Obi Toppin will hopefully not get robbed this year uh, on tonight, All-Star Saturday night, because this is coming out on Saturday. Uh, But if people want to bet and put their money where their mouth is that Obi will not get robbed this year, where should they check out today? You know, Alex, there's there's only one spot. If they want to lay some money down in Obi Toppin, and that is bet online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Now we might have the most loaded field. I got to say, this, this is the one where I, I trouble leaving certain people out. It is the three-point shooting contest, and there are a lot of fantastic candidates for it, Alex. Yeah, we've got a so pretty diverse field. Uh, unfortunately, this this contest is, and neither the first one either, uh, neither of them were particularly kind to the golden generation of Knicks because dunks and three-pointers didn't really exist when they won championships. So we're, we're going to give those guys some love next segment in the skills competition. So no worries there. But our three-point shooting contest field is Quentin Grimes, J.R. Smith, Steve Novak, Alan Houston, John Starks, who we should note is the all-time leader in threes made for the Knicks with 982 and attempted with 2,848. And then Hubert Davis, who is the all-time leader in three-point percentage at 45%. Carmelo Anthony, and finally, Jamal Crawford. So a couple of uh, sort of mercurial scorer types at the end there um, with Melo and Crawford that are sort of like always those like wild cards to get thrown into the field. But Gavin, how do things go through our, our first couple of guys in this field here? Yeah. So it's a, it's a big start for J.R. Smith. He was absolutely nuclear, a 27 in the first round. Um, he, he shot around a golf that morning. Didn't really bother him. Um, he, he was still, still rolling. Uh, Steve Novak, uh, Automatic from the corners, nine for 10, both money balls on the corners, does well enough in the middle to get the second highest score. Quinn Grimes, just completely unfazed by the stage. Uh, lights aren't too bright for him. He gets the third best. And the final spot goes to Allen Houston, who just shows off that gorgeous form. He actually doesn't, he doesn't totally get through it. He, he doesn't get all of his shots off, but he's so accurate that it doesn't matter. So those are, those are our final four, Alex, but Things things take a fall for Jr. Maybe maybe that round of golf in the morning uh, hit him a little bit in the second round. Yeah, or maybe whatever he was doing when he was pictured trying to steal a pregnant Rihanna from ASAP Rocky oh, uh, during during the night before's festivities. Oh, no. Very very interesting, you know, and and sending some very very interesting texts and whatever. It seemed like Jr. just kind of ran out of steam because Jr. in the second round goes ice cold. Only gets 11 points, uh, <laughs> a far, far fall from his first round uh, of, of play here where he, he almost hit a perfect score. But what more could be the JR experience than that, you know, than having him completely <laughs> fall off uh, spectacularly? Well, well, the real the no real word. issue was out. He, he didn't know that time was running out at the end and he just he decided to dribble. Instead That's of true. Yeah, yeah he, and then LeBron, who was watching and on the sideline, just came in with the. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you what doing? Are you doing? And then Clyde, who wasn't even calling the the thing, what is he doing, folks? Uh, he's dribbling out the clock. On, <laughs> he thought he thought that he had to get the shot off at the last second from the top of the key. Um, <laughs> anyways, so then Steve Novak once again. Hits all the exact same balls from the exact same spots. Gets the exact same score for a very respectable 22. Big discount uh, double check at the end of the round. Yeah, discount discount double check, triple checks at the end of the round. Uh, very inspiring stuff and very bizarre. Uh, first time in history that the guys hit the exact same balls in the exact same spots twice in a row. 
Uh, and then Alan Houston and Quentin Grimes are left to duel it out because obviously not going to have to try too hard to beat JR's 11. And uh, Alan Houston ends up winning by a hair, 19 to 18. The torch will not get passed today from Alan Houston to Quentin Grimes, the guy who uh, Grimes is most often compared to as far as his beautiful jumper form. So Alan Houston manages to hold on and make it to the final round. And and what a, what a final round it is between the two. Steve Novak, Mr. Consistency, once again, hits exactly 22 points. Same score. Allen, uh, really cold start, but comes alive on the last rack. That gorgeous form pays off for him, uh, but misses a final money ball that would have won it. So he comes up just short with only 21 points, Alex. And Steve Novak, uh, able to escape with the crown. Yeah, and a great performance by Steve Novak. I mean, I so I was thinking, like, you said that there were some guys that, that you thought might have still you would want to make this field. Who are some of the guys that you were also thinking of for this? Because, like, I kind of feel the same way. I think there's definitely, like, some other guys that could have potentially made this field in here. Yeah, so Emmanuel Quickly, I think, is an obvious one, right? That yeah. we, oh, spoilers, we, we have him coming up in our, our skills contest, so I decided to save him. But I think with... um. With how hot he can get, he would be an interesting guy. It would be kind of a tough challenge for him because we've, he's gotten better at it this year, but he has that elongated form a little bit, which makes it a tiny bit more challenging. Marcus Morris, uh, even though he was barely on the Knicks, had uh, like one of the couple best three-point shooting seasons in Knicks history. I think he's he's either second or third all-time um, for the Knicks in terms of three-point percentage. So I thought he was a deserving candidate and someone who I would say historically, I mean, at least over the last couple of years, has been underrated as a three-point shooter because that is a fantastic part of his game. And then uh, Charlie Ward was also very, very high on the Knicks list. Um, and we didn't we didn't even mention, uh, well, I guess I guess we noted that he was there, but we maybe we didn't make enough of the fact that John Starks, who is in this, is the Knicks all-time leader in threes made and attempted. So maybe we should have given him a little bit more love. The percentages aren't all that great for John Starks. So that's probably why we didn't have him advance, but those were, those are the main guys I was thinking about. Well, that's the, that's the Starks experience, right? Like that's, yeah. you know, he was just super, super mercurial. So the fact that he made both contests too, and failed spectacularly, we didn't really, clearly we don't yeah. have that emotional attachment to John Starks. Which is uh, because I, like he came to my basketball camp growing up, extremely good guy. He's, he's, yeah. he's a great dude, but just tough, tough run. He does, he does seem like an amazing dude, so I don't want to, like, crap on him too much. But, yeah, I mean, just his general rep as someone who didn't really get to experience the, the heyday of the 90s Knicks is just that he was, like, like frustratingly inconsistent. Like, sort of like J.R. Smith from back then, but, like, honestly, even a little more inconsistent in some ways. So, you know, but props to him. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel bad that we kind of crapped on him a little bit. I would have maybe added Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, he was he was the last guy I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, he was you know, he's I think very underrated as far as three-point shooters go. Quentin Richardson, maybe from back in the day, if we want to represent the dark ages a little more. You want to hear a dark horse um, one? Chris Copeland, very high, like I think top five all true. time in three-point percentage on the next. That's, that's true. He was he was a really good one, uh, uh to potentially include there too. I'm trying to think if there's any other guys that really would uh, qualify. Por- Porzingis was already Porzingis in the Wizards hat would have been something to see. Yeah, only if he only if they could have had Mitchell Robinson assigned to block every single one of his three point attempts. That would have been fun. Just to be like Mitch, was like, come on, man, what is this? <laughs> Giannis Porzingis is on the sideline, like yeah. yelling at Dolan, being like, "This is bullshit." Yeah. 
<laughs> trade him. <laughs> trade him. Trade him now. I want full. Yeah. I want full power over this whole team. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all oh, right. Boy. Well, maybe John Starks could have done a little better, Gavin, uh, in these two contests. Had he had some built bars in the morning. Uh, so we'll be right back to get into our skills challenge and then our celebrity game, which should be kind of fun. Uh, but this is the time of year that a lot of people have pretty much given up on New Year's resolutions. But I'm not going to this year. I'm going to stick to my resolution to eat right because thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried Bilt Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in some great flavors, too. My favorite, cinnamony churro. You can get coconut marshmallow, another one of my favorites, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're all going to be your new favorite because it's just it's a crazy experience when you're used to such dense you know, things with, with protein bars to eat one that's literally the consistency of a marshmallow. And they're low-calorie and high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with Built Bars because Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs compared to a whopping 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they've really pulled it off every time. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Gavin, we are back to now talk about the... Final contest that we have here, which is, of course, well, second to last. I, I think we're going to be able to get to the celebrity game. Um, but the skills challenge where we have, I think, a pretty cool field. This is this is finally the first field where we could really show some love to the, the 70s Knicks, which was great. Yeah, yeah, we, we were trying to get them in. I was thinking of forcing someone to a three-point contest, but we said, why don't we just throw them in here? And uh, Alex, I, I appreciate you went to the, the modern for, or it changes every year, but, but what has been the format of late where it's guards against bigs and, and you get some really fun, interesting matchups. I think sometimes they do it like a guards bracket versus a bigs bracket the way we set it up, uh, more specifically you, um, thank you, um, was, um, a one guard versus one big in each round. So we start off with, uh, Stefan Marbury versus Patrick Ewing. I did not write the narrative for this one because I was going to have Stefan Marbury getting into the final round, but you have Patrick Ewing um, in an upset. Maybe, maybe Stefan Marbury had, had too much Vaseline that morning, upset stomach. Um, no, uh, he's, I love, I love Stefan Marbury. Uh, another, another, another guy who showed up at my youth basketball camp. It was just a fantastic human being. Um, he, I think is underrated in this contest because people don't appreciate how incredible the passer he was. The guy is 18th to this day in NBA history in assists per game, just under eight per game for his career. Uh, Stefan Marbury, my childhood hero, my first favorite Nick, unfortunately bows out in the first round. Uh, Patrick Ewing uh, gets him in an upset. Alex, how did that, how did that actually go down? Like what was, what was like the practical thing that happened there that screwed up Marbury? So the way that I had it going down, it was sort of similar to like when, uh, he who must not be named won the skills contest, which we also notably left him out of this because because <laughs> he sucks. Um, <laughs> who's also been named multiple times? <laughs> yeah, who's been named multiple times? But in this case, since this is something he actually won at one point, we're yeah, we not can't do it. Yeah. Um, but similar to when he won, uh, I, I had Ewing just winning this in sort of like a surprise upset. Um, his passing was always pretty solid. For a big, mostly the main thing is you have to make that jumper. Um, yeah. I think it's the middle leg that you have to make like the the jumper real quick. 
And I thought that that would benefit Ewing because he was a really silky jump shooter, um, especially from like that free throw line area. So I, I thought that that would work pretty well for him. Um, and then Marbury, I mean, Marbury probably should be one of the favorites. I probably underrated him to be completely honest, but uh, I just thought the Ewing would be the fun upset there. That said, Marbury, like being a New York kid and, uh, you know, growing up in the New York basketball scene, I mean, it's like made for point guards and you know so he's obviously fantastic so it's nothing really against him i just thought it'd be a fun upset all right i like it all right and then we got emmanuel quickly versus dave debusher and you, you were you were piling on emmanuel quickly here alex i thought i felt like he's had a tough enough season a tough enough month but you you have, you have dave debusher pulling off the upset which i'm curious because I, I wonder if dave debusher like shot from three-point range like maybe it would it would be a good idea to have uh, a nix historian on to tell us a little about it. He, he did have a feathery jump shot. He, he could shoot from pretty far out. And the guy was just, I mean, exceptionally smart, like as at a relatively young age, was a player coach for the Detroit Pistons. So maybe maybe this is a case of DeBusher just figuring it out versus IQ having an exceptionally bad day. But what was what was the logic here for another big upset? Mostly it's the passing, right? Not yeah. to say that I think IQ is a bad passer, but what trips a lot of guys up in the skills contest are those – those passes into the tires, basically. Sure. They don't look like tires, but, you know, like into the circles, yeah. you know. And I figured maybe that would, you know, with how much, uh, as much as I say, as much as IQ's been in his own head this year, if he missed one of those, he'd be like, oh, crap, Tibbs is going to pull me, Tibbs is going to pull me, Tibbs is going to pull me, and then, you know, start panicking yeah. and and not know what to do. Whereas if they the let Bushers... him paint Obi's face on it, it would, it would work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or just have Obi stand behind him like, come on, yeah. Quinn, come yeah. on. Hey, buddy, right here, right here. <laughs> Throw me the ball. He's like he's like doing little hops. It's a lob. It's a lob. <laughs> uh, he like grabs the whole thing and like brings it up yeah. to the rim with him, so that quickly okay. could throw a perfect yeah. lob. Yeah. Um, no, but like the, the whole hallmark of those those seventies Knicks teams was that they like there's literally there's a, a there was a thing written. I think it was in when the garden was eaten or maybe somewhere else. That like they like allegedly used to, there was almost like a deflate gate thing to those Knicks where they would intentionally keep their balls a little, a little light on air mm -hmm. so that they would be more squishy to bounce because they liked to just pass the ball rather than dribbling it around too much. So it was their way of like on their home court of sort of stacking the deck in their favor by making the ball a little squishy. So if a guy came in that loved to, you know, pound the rock a bunch, like say another guy in our, in our, uh, contest here who eventually became a Nick and Earl of Pearl Monroe or someone like that, you know, if they came in and they want to really pound the ball, it wouldn't be as comfortable for them. And, and, you know, the Knicks would have the advantage because all they did was just work the ball around constantly to find open shooters. So that's where I gave the butcher the, the edge there, despite the fact that I think obviously in, you know, I, I think that quickly, you know, quickly as modern day conditioning, modern day, you know, uh, facilities available to him, Clyde has acknowledged a million times that like plays players today are in like way better shape than they were back in his day. Yeah. Um, but I, I just gave it mostly for the passing. I think the Bush would crush those segments. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd get phased by anything. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a good call. It's it, it, he wins the mental battle there. All right. Round three, uh, your man, our man, all of our mans Clyde against <laughs> David Lee. Um, and I think rightfully you had Clyde taking the win just because I can't see David Lee making the three-pointer. I think that would be tough for him. I think he's similar to DeBusher. He's like a lot of the same skill set, but maybe just like kind of a poor man's version. While Clyde, here's the thing, like he would be strolling through like, you know, like when you're, when you're dribbling like through the the pylons or the marionettes or whatever you want to call them, 
um he would he would not be going super fast he would be chilling he maybe would talk up a girl on the sideline <laughs> as he's going through um but then he would he would hit the pass he'd hit the shot he'd hit the layup no trouble so he would cruise into the second round yeah i could see him on that final one as uh as david lee is still struggling to either pass one of the passing things or the the jump shot clyde yeah. sort of putting a little extra flair on the uh you know, the final dribble through things, mm. you know, little, little hezzy here, little like behind the back or something, like make yeah. it look fancy, come in and, and finish it off uh, with the layup and and then, you know, a little fist bump or something, uh, keeping it classy, acting like he's been there before. And then our final matchup here, uh, Earl the Pearl and Julius Randle. Um, I went big again. I, you know, I feel like the bigs weirdly have like dominated this competition in recent years. Um, I don't know why. It, when the guards presumably this is more up their alley and it was a contest that was in, originally made for them but Julius Randle as we've seen a million times has a lot of guard skills um has shown great passing ability great ball handling ability all that stuff it's nothing against Earl of Pearl in this case I think it's more that uh what I just mentioned a minute ago that you know the the 2020s uh conditioning versus 1970s conditioning I think pulls Julius through here and uh gets him the win over Earl the Pearl. Also, you know, again, the, the lack of three-point shot. I mean, it doesn't help Pearl uh, in that case because he was mostly a mid-range guy uh, and would get to the hoop a lot and hit fancy layups and stuff like that. So that probably doesn't help his case either. But so I give it to Julius Randle here. Do you have yeah. any objections though? No, I think I think Julius is, is built for this, which we always talk about multifaceted skill set. So I think mm-hmm. he does a great job. All right, uh, semifinals real quick. Dave DeBusher over Patrick Ewing. I think it was a Cinderella run for Patrick Ewing to upset Stefan Marbury. Does not continue. Dave DeBusher, again, cool and collected. Clyde versus Julius. Again, Julius Julius is just gassed. He's, he's been running laps all day. He had to tackle Obi earlier in the night. He's, 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 a, little, he's a little washed up at this point. And Clyde, Clyde again, just, just smooth, smooth to take the win over Julius, which sets up a Clyde DeBusher all-glory uh, day Knicks Final round, Alex, and who who takes it? Uh, I think Clyde takes it. You know, I think this is like we said. This contest is made for Clyde. You know, it's made for the the smoothness. The Busher puts up a good fight, but you know, in battle in a battle of seventies conditioning versus seventies conditioning, uh, Clyde was the the faster player and would not miss a beat on any of the other stuff. Whereas the Busher maybe finally gets hung up on that three point shot. Uh, the magic leaves him, and he's not able to hit it. Clyde. Not used to taking three-point shots either, but just the better player, quite frankly. I mean, he's like one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Uh, ends up getting it, taking the the title in style, and then, uh, I don't know, finishes by... Uh, he do- Oh, he does the final round in the cow suit jacket. That's, <laughs> let's do go. that. That's, that's how he go. does it. Even though that it's Prime sense. Clyde from back in the day, he sees into his future and does the final round in his cow suit jacket. There we go. Nice. Uh, all right, Gavin, we've made it to the celebrity game. Uh, so we we made a pool here of various celebrities. We we're probably missing some, but these are just guys that came to our mind. Uh, I don't know if we want to just sort of read through all of them or maybe like we can just sort of highlight them as they come up. Maybe do yeah. like three at a time or something. Um, yeah, just let, let me know who you think would stand out in the game. I think that that's a good way to do it. So, all right. So we made this whole pool of guys. I mean, my number one pick, if I'm doing a draft, uh, would be Adam Sandler, I think. Yeah. Adam Sandler's got serious game. Um, so I, w- I would go Adam Sandler as my my number one pick. I think like, 
you watch clips of him, it's so entertaining watching him just like play basketball at the, at the Y, like, <laughs> or just like at the park somewhere or whatever. Like he's always just like whipping these crazy passes and hitting like fadeaway jumpers and oh, everything he's else. A like polo shirt for some reason. Which yeah. Shows. Yeah. With like the oversized shorts that went out of style in like 2002, but like he still wears them in 2022. Like, yeah, he's the man. I, I freaking love Adam Sandler. So he's he would be in my number one pick, like without a doubt for a celebrity yeah. game. I'm liking uh, I'm liking 50 Cent. I'm gonna compare him to a random name, but the guy that Prez uh, brings up on I guess this pod is coming out next week. Uh, Tari Eason out of LSU, where where he's just like you don't really know why he's so good, but he's just like a bowling ball. And like like we saw like he's like he's pretty built at this point. Uh, we saw we just saw him at the Super Bowl halftime show. I feel like he's like a weird like maybe another name to throw out Draymond Greeny like like just just very like strange game, but it's just it's just too strong for most people and is is pretty savvy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking 50 cent in this draft, but Alex, there's, there's a whole, whole lot of other names that could stand out. Uh, Ben Stiller, I can't imagine is good at basketball, but I'd love, I'd love to see him play. Also, please come on this podcast, Ben Stiller. If you're listening, uh, we'd love to have you big, big Knicks fan, Ben Stiller. Um, I'm just going through, I'm trying to see who else really stands out. Chris Rock, I feel like um, in grownups, he was not very good at basketball, but I don't know if that was just for the sake of the plot or because like, I, I don't know. Chris Rock doesn't strike me as a great athlete, but I'd, I'd be interested to see him. him and Sandler. I feel like would have a nice two man game. Yeah. I mean, they're like actual, like really good friends. So yeah. that would make sense. Uh, I, I'm going to give John McEnroe some love. Sure. Like actual former professional athlete. So yeah. I, that's got to work for him in some way. Uh, so I'll go with him. Uh, just on the on the youth factor. Uh, I would give Deza Samiro some love. Uh, mm. Huge Knicks fans in their own right. Which huge also- Strickland fans, too. Strickland fans too. I'd love if they yeah. came on this podcast too. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I think maybe they've got some game. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Marrow controls himself, does not take too many edibles right before the game. And uh, <laughs> does it does it get lost out there? It could but help him. Can, it could help him. It could help him. It might help him focus or it might put him in put him in La La Land, you know? Um he'll it, he'll go to Smack City, as he says on Bodega Boys. Yeah. Um and uh let's see, who else? Uh I mean I don't think we've brought up Spike Lee yet. I, I actually don't know how his game would be, to be completely honest. But, I mean, he directed one of the best basketball movies of all time. And he's certainly been to enough Knicks games that I think strategically he'd be pretty good. I feel like so, he's very scrappy, is my instinct. He's probably pretty scrappy on the court. Like a real, yeah. like, like he'll call, like, those, you know, like when you're playing pickup and there's someone who just calls a foul on every play. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like that's yeah. Spike Lee. And then I'll I'll throw out uh, uh, Michael Che too. He might have mm. to dodge some bullets aimed at Pete Davidson and or yeah. get a get an offer from Kanye West halfway through the game to quit playing for the celebrity team and join Kanye West's Chicago celebrity team. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, he's he seems to be a pretty big Knicks fan. Uh, might be might be worth a look here. Um, and then I'll throw uh, I'm, I'm taking too many names, but I'll throw Emmy Rossum out there too. Big Knicks fan as well, and she's uh, she's been to a ton of games. So again, I think strategically we're looking pretty good here if we know that these people know ball. So uh, Emmy Rossum may be on the team as well. Yeah, and we we you, you noted to me, but what will be Goldberg has to coach, right? Yeah, she has to be one of the coaches at least because yeah. she literally played a coach of the Knicks in a movie. So I mean, there, yeah. there you go. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's a it's a good note to wrap up on. Let us know. Let us know what you think. If you have any more thoughts on the celebrity game uh, or any of these other contests in the comments, uh, we, we, we love getting the interaction. 
Uh, please, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, throw us a like. Certainly throw us a subscription if you haven't already. But until next time, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. Peace out.